We're going to be talking about some tax-related topics today. Just want to remind everyone that this is informational only and not meant as tax advice. For tax advice, you should consult your own tax professional. All right, how is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founder, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very, very excited to be talking to Shandon Lota, who is the creator of Coin Tracker. How is it going? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I am very excited to have you on. You are a company that I've I've kind of been familiar with for for a while, and um, I'm just intrigued to dive into what you're working on and share that with the community. So, with that, let's just get started with. Uh, kind of sharing with the community and the listeners, what is Cointracker? So Cointracker is some software that makes cryptocurrency portfolio tracking and tax compliance super easy. So you, there's kind of two sides. So you, you make tracking your portfolio easy and making sure you're, you're doing well with the IRS on that side of things. Let's start with the former. So do you, uh, let's say I buy, you know, Bitcoin from Coinbase or and then I buy Ethereum from somewhere else. Uh, are you a way to kind of keep tabs on everything that I keep or are you can I actually buy coins through coin tracker? Can you get a little more into the into the detail into how it works? Absolutely. So it's the former of the two you just mentioned. It's sort of like a portfolio tracking service, sort of like akin to mint by Intuit in the crypto space. You can basically as a user add read access to all of the different cryptocurrency wallets and exchanges that you use and see on an ongoing basis what your portfolio is composed of, what percent of your funds are held on exchanges versus off exchange, your cost basis, performance over time, charts, all that kind of information. And, and that whole product is totally free. You can try it at Cointracker.io. We also have mobile apps that will send you notifications if you have new transactions um, and, and things like that. All right, this is really cool and I think super smart. We'll get into kind of the reasons why you got into this in a second, but just making sure I fully understand the product. So ultimately, you allow anyone to track, if they have cryptocurrency, if they bought it anywhere on the internet, they can track that on your sites and make sure it stays uh, kind of compliant with the IRS. Can we talk about that, that, that second point now just to make sure we dial in what the product does? So is cryptocurrency uh, taxed like a, yeah let's talk about just that whole category I don't even know where to, where to start let's start there though is, is when you trade cryptocurrency and you make money off of it is that taxed by the government it definitely is um, the tax rules vary from from one government to the next in the US for example the IRS taxes cryptocurrency as property which means that every time you have a ex- disposal event, of a cryptocurrency, you're incurring a capital gain or loss. So for example, if you sell Bitcoin for US dollars, or if you trade Monero for Zcash, those are disposals of coins, and you have to calculate what your capital gain or loss is on those transactions, and then file that along with the rest of your tax return at the end of the year. There's also a lot of nuance there in terms of different kinds of transactions during forks and airdrops and mining and things like that. So Coin Tracker basically helps automate the process of your tax calculations around any kind of cryptocurrency transactions you have. And we also help not only in the US, but abroad, for example, with the CRA in Canada, the ATO in Australia, the HMRC in the UK, et cetera. 
Got it. I, I can see how useful that is as I wouldn't know where to start if I was trading all the time. I, I wouldn't know how to think about taxes. Um, what I want to do is before we kind of look forward, uh, look forward into what you're what you plan on building. I'd love to go back a little bit and hear a little bit about kind of the, the the reason that you started the company when you started it and hear a little bit of the origin story before we move on to the big vision. Yeah, for sure. So my background is I was actually a product manager at Google and Alphabet before this, um, working on a variety of teams there, including Google Search and Android. I was the, the PM on Project Loon at Google X, working on internet connectivity. Um, and I had the pleasure of actually meeting my now co-founder, John Lerner, at Google as well. Um, he, his background briefly was that he was a software engineer, one of the first engineers on Android. He worked on YouTube and Search. And before that, he had founded TextNow, which is um, doing pretty well in the mobile um, sort of communication space. And the two of us basically really enjoyed working together. We knew we wanted to work on a startup. So about two and a half years ago, we left Alphabet together. And we were both interested in fintech generally. Um, and I can dive more into the details behind that. But in general, we thought it was one of the main areas in industries generally that hadn't been fully sort of evolved and disrupted by the internet compared to pretty much every other major industry, whether it was transportation or hospitality, communication, um, media, et cetera. And so we thought specifically within the fintech space that cryptocurrency was one of the few domains, while, while high risk, had potentially the, the outcome of a thousand Xing over the next five years, which is pretty rare. Um, we didn't see that sort of potential realistically in, in many other industries. So we got excited about it for that reason. And also because we were hobbyist cryptocurrency investors ourselves, we saw our own platform, our, our, our own portfolios sort of go through some pretty massive hyper growth in 2017. And then finally, we also got frustrated ourselves building traditional fintech apps on regular rails of of ACH and bank transfers, which were slow and expensive, um, and again, weren't really optimized for the internet. So it was a kind of the combination of the frustration with the regular finance industry, the potential opportunity, and our own personal pain points around cryptocurrency that got us really, really excited about the space. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, lo I love that backstory. I, I have a couple of questions on the timing of all of this, simply because I, I as well, um, in 2017, was kind of in the middle of the the crazy rise of Bitcoin and Ethereum and the crazy fall at the end of 2017. I'm curious, did, was this did, was this built in response to that? Were you working on this before that, and you kind of that was like your those were your beta users? I, I'd be interested to hear what in the history of Coin Tracker. How does it relate to that massive uh, hype cycle? Um, that, you know the, how I would call it. Yeah, so we, we started working on this on August 2017, which is just at the beginning of this hype cycle, right before it actually went totally crazy, which was around December 2017. So um, it was actually quite lucky. We were at the right place at the right time because by the time we sort of had our MVP and V1 of the product out, people were looking for portfolio tracking tools left and right because it was right in the middle of the craze at that point. So we got there just a few months before everything totally blew up. And then we actually launched the tax component of all this in February 2018, which again was very timely because all these people who had gotten into crypto for the first time or maybe had traded a lot for the first time now had all these tax obligations to figure out. And those tax obligations in the US, for example, were due in April 2018. And so we had 
just built the portfolio tracking thing. A bunch of users jumped on board. And then just a few months later, a bunch of people were figuring out how to do their taxes, which was a huge pain point. And again, we had a platform right in time for that as well. Did you kind of plan to build this company um, with these waves that are that happened a couple of months later? Or was it a lot of luck? Or was it a combination of both when it comes to timing? Because you definitely got the timing right. And I kind of want some insight into how you think about that. Yeah, I mean, we definitely didn't know that the market was going to blow up um, to the extent that it did. So there was certainly a, a whole bunch of luck involved. Um, but it was a lot of also just talking to users and staying close to them. So for example, we used to talk to users every single day. Even, even now we talk to um, at least dozens, if not 50 plus users every single day via support channels and, and just real conversations. And it was kind of staying close to that that made us quickly realize that people had these pain points around portfolio tracking and around taxes. Um, and another thing that really, really helped was that both John and I were users of the product ourselves because we, had cryptocurrency, we had these portfolios, we didn't know how to keep track of them, we didn't know how to do our taxes. So we also had a lot of empathy for the problem because we were designing it for ourselves. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'd love to hear uh, kind of going from the, the history to the current state. Right now, I know I'm not super involved in the cryptocurrency kind of world, but I know that there is a lot of talk from a lot of people about what's going on, um, whether it's, it's growing, it's not, you know, I'd love to hear kind of your take on the states of cryptocurrency in 2019 from someone who is kind of not an influencer, but has the influential company in the space. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so cryptocurrency was sort of started by, and there's a long history of, of similar related projects, but the main one that everyone knows about is Bitcoin. Um, and the white paper for that came out about 10 years ago, um, 11 years ago, 2008, right after the financial crisis. And 2009 it sort of started picking up steam. There were the cyberpunks, things like that. And so from then almost until I would say 2017, it was more early adopters, sort of people who, uh, were part of these online communities or got interested in Ethereum or um, sort of more very, very early adopters, people a little bit more on the fringe. 2017 brought in a lot more sort of mainstream investors, people trying to make a quick buck, ICO projects, initial coin offerings, um, things like that. And that's when Bitcoin went up to $20,000 um, per coin kind of at the end of 2017. 2018, it sort of everything kind of crashed. It was a slower year. A lot of people lost a lot of money, unfortunately. Um, and, and things slow down a bunch. And I feel like 2019 has now become a bit more of the year of, of makers and builders in the space because a lot of those ICO scams and frauds have been pushed out of the space, both because people are more educated about them, because the SEC has taken action against a lot of these projects um, and the regulatory environment has become um, sort of more serious. Um, but the people who are really serious about building projects that are actually useful and um, that are helping people like design new cool technology or new cool use cases have stuck around. And so I, that's what's really exciting about, about 2019 for me is a lot of those sort of more unsavory projects or characters have kind of been filtered out. And now the projects that you do see in the space are oftentimes really, really interesting, really, really cool projects. I want to shift into projects and building with, with you know, blockchain technology or, or cryptocurrency. I've had probably, I don't know, five to seven guests on the podcast in similar-ish space. And we always get into the conversation of 
um, of timing actually in the there you know there hasn't been dozens of killer in my in my view there hasn't been like dozens of killer apps built on blockchain technology that kind of shows the utility value of, of blockchain um, which some might view it, that's that's kind of my opinion um, but some may view that as oh my gosh what a great opportunity to build on this proven technology and be a first mover while others might think oh I want to see someone else get in there so I can learn and, and do a better job than them how do you think about being a first mover with these newer technologies when building products that people want to scale you know to a, to a, a billion a billion users or you know a billion in revenue I think it's a totally fair comment um, and a fair criticism. Um, we're very, very pragmatic as one of the key cultural you know, values at Cointracker. Um, and so we wanna build things that are useful to people today, not something that could hypothetically potentially be used by someone at some future date. And so that's kind of why we've taken a picks and shovels approach to what we're doing, which is what are some tools in the open financial system that people need right now? Um, and that's why we focused on cryptocurrency portfolio tracking and taxes, which are actual services that people are using right now. Um, you know, we have over 10,000 paying users. We're a profitable company, which is pretty rare in the crypto space. Um, in general, more broadly with cryptocurrency at large, um, there are some nascent use cases, right? Like certainly people are using it for speculation and for making money and for trading. There's also some use cases around store of digital store of value. Like it's, you know, you can hedge. Um, the rest of your portfolio by hiding these digital assets in custody in a different way that are uncorrelated with other types of asset classes. Um, and, and there are other sort of non-financial emerging use cases as well, as well especially around um, decentralized applications with Ethereum. A lot of them are more fringe and haven't taken off in a big way, but there is sort of the potential building blocks set there. Um, but I think in general, our approach at Cointracker has been, what are useful picks and shovels for this industry right now? And in general, the reason why we're working on this industry is because we think it has a lot of potential to be used on a much more sort of wider scale in the future. And the reason why we have such confidence in that is because of the explicit pain points we felt with the fintech industry and the finance industry in general ourselves. So we know that there has to be a better solution in the future. And we think that this is potentially going to be that solution. I think that's a super smart approach. And, you know, obviously it's working. Congrats on, on profitability. That's huge. So, so, so that's awesome. Um, you you mentioned just now that you think the, the reason you're working on this is because you see a lot of upside for this industry. You see it's only the beginning and there could be a lot to come. If you were talking to a founder, let's say a very talented founder, multiple time founder, you know, who, who wanted to, uh, and let's say they had access to resources. So it's all about just like picking the right thing. Um, who wanted to build in the crypto space, in the blockchain space, how would you suggest someone think about opportunities um, to use some of these technologies or where do you see some of the opportunities for, for these emerging technologies to you know, build great products? Sure. Uh, specifically in the cryptocurrency space? Um, whatever. Uh, sure. But also, I think just the blockchain technology in general. Um, what, however you want to answer. I think you're way more knowledgeable on this kind of realm than I am. So however you want to answer is good with me. For sure. So, I mean, I talk to founders all the time, which is a great privilege. Um, and... Uh, there's lots of smart people working on tons of ideas. I think there's no shortage of ideas. I don't view entrepreneurship as zero sum, which is great. I've actually started a list of great ideas, I think, that I wish someone would solve. Um, and many of them are totally unrelated 
to, to crypto. So if anyone has <laughs> questions of ideas that they want solved, um, let me know. But um, kind of focusing in on blockchain and crypto, I, the, generally the areas that I think are the most exciting are around finance and money. And um, I'm like, sort of less compelled and you know, open to having my mind changed, but as it stands, less compelled by like blockchain as a technology for things like supply chain or medical records or tracking things that are um, physical assets. I think it's much more useful for digital native data um, or digital native gaming or um, digital native currency, things like that. And I think there's lots of opportunities there. Um, um, I, I could try to go into some examples. The, the ultimate answer is though, I don't know exactly what is gonna be the killer use case there. And I think the best way about going about it is by immersing yourself in the space yourself. So if I was talking to a smart, smart founder in the, in the space, I'd be like, get some cryptocurrency, set up some exchange accounts, try out some different wallets, use a few DeFi platforms and see, like talk to people in the space, see what you struggle with. That's exactly what we did. And that's how we found the, the pain points around tax. I think there's gonna be pay, pain points around payroll, around identity, around, um, ownership of digital assets and exchanging those things um, around any kind of uh, sort of uh, organizational consensus type problem where you want to share information without having a centralized party. Um, and I think a good gut check around anytime you're working around something in that space is if there were, if you know, you were a benevolent dictator and you were running the same project in a C Corp without a blockchain, could you make a better user experience or would your end user care? I think oftentimes the answer is no blockchain is a better user experience. If that's the case, you probably shouldn't pursue it. But there are times where having no centralized authority um, does create a better end user experience and I would go after those opportunities. All right, uh, that, that's awesome, I appreciate that. So now I wanna shift back a little to Cointracker. So you started this uh, you know, in 2017, you've, you've grown and have done very well. I'd love to think about uh, kind of think about two two realms. One, how do you uh, think about how, what areas to go in within crypto with Coin Tracker? Coin Tracker, and also what what's kind of your bigger vision for it? What what direction are you rowing to? Uh, kind of with this company. Great. So I'll answer those in reverse order because I think it's sometimes easier to think about the big vision um, as opposed to the path to getting there. And I think our big vision is we see a lot of potential in this new open financial system and we want to help people transition into that open financial system. I think there's a very compelling set of opportunities, both in terms of helping people, in terms of product and tools, in terms of business and doing so. And so the way we've gone about executing on that so far is around building this cryptocurrency portfolio tracking and cryptocurrency tax software. But I think generally there's a whole suite of tools and services that are going to be needed if we want um, the everyday consumer and user to be able to easily access the open financial system because it's complicated and it's confusing and it's too technical and the UX is bad. Um, there's you know just a whole host of problems around all of that. And so as we continue moving there, the way we think about what to do is what are the biggest pain points people have when they try to move towards this open financial system? And what are the big opportunities that are available, which people haven't unlocked yet? Um, and I think we can take a lot of inspiration from just general trends in the, in the marketplace around fintech generally. So for example, um, most money is already digital, right? Like very few people have cash, especially in the US, maybe there are certain societies where that's not the case, but in the US, um, largely, like most of the transactions, I don't even carry cash in my wallet. And I think that's probably common for many people in, um, in San Francisco and probably for the U.S. in general. In, in China, you know, WeChat is the dominant way that people are transacting. You know, it's, it's that, you know, basically money is connected directly with messaging. Um, Facebook just launched Facebook Pay. Google's launching its own 
checking accounts. Um, there's Libra, there's the Chinese stablecoin. You know, there's all these projects around how fintech is taking over in these tech, like, you know, finance and tech are merging. Money is becoming more digital. Cash is kind of going away. And I think if, if I kind of fast forward to what I imagine my future kids like thinking about money, they're going to be totally shocked that people used to walk to a bank account and physically use an ATM and withdraw paper money. Like it's going to just sound like an archaic, ridiculous thing that people did. And so that kind of gives, it gives us inspiration that, yeah, like this makes sense. We're moving towards the right future. What other tools can we build that kind of furthers that vision? That's awesome. And it's very forward thinking to just see where the market is going and just build for it, right? That, that's, that's entrepreneurship uh, at its best right there. So, so I think that's fantastic. Uh, you mentioned a company or a project just now that I would want your take on. Um, some, I'm always interested to hear just kind of thoughts on this. You said Libra. Libra has, you know, been controversial, you know, in some opinions, and, but it's this very big project that, that Facebook is putting on. Can you, uh, one, explain what Libra is for people listening who, who may not know what it is, and two, I'd love to hear just general thoughts on it. Are you for it, against it, how, just what you think about it in general for the crypto space? Sure. Um, I'm not a Libra expert, but at a high level, Libra is a project. Um, it's an independent nonprofit organization based in Switzerland that's trying to build basically a digital native um, currency that is um, relatively stable. It's tied to a basket of international currencies. So it's not one to one with a US dollar, like a, a USDC or Tether stablecoin, but it's relatively stable around global currencies. And the, the idea is to basically bring more financial inclusivity and access to folks around the world, including people who are unbanked or underbanked, and make it really easy for people to transact online, do remittances, do payments, all kind of totally digital. And it's a lot of the projects backing originated from Facebook um, and their project uh, built a wallet for Libra called Calibra. So that's kind of the, the high level uh, idea of the project. The reason why it's been controversial, especially in the US and amongst Congress is because Facebook has faced a lot of privacy pushback and blowback. And um, especially, especially in Congress, people are upset by um, kind of the Russian interference hacking of the election and how that ties to fake news and kind of just a lot of issues being conflated. Um, so my personal view on all of this is, yes, there's lots of issues, there's lots of problems in the world, many of them are related to Facebook and they should figure those things out. But a lot of those issues aren't really directly tied to Libra. Libra is just a new project that's trying to solve a problem of underserved and underbanked people. And is it going to succeed or is it going to fail? Like, I don't know, but like, let the market decide, like, let them try to do it. Of course, get the right approvals for the right licenses that are needed to do things legally. But as long as you're following the right procedures, complying with those rules, let them launch the project and let the market decide whether people want it or not. Um, and sometimes it's a little bit frustrating to see kind of just stifle, like this kind of innovation being stifled for other sort of political reasons or conflation with sort of unrelated projects from, from Facebook or, or just from the internet generally. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to see it like kind of continue and, and see whether the market decides that it's valuable or not. So I have a few more questions for you. Uh, so you have been on a on quite a rise since you started Coin Tracker, especially through going through 2017 and then 2018, and here we are. And I feel like you have a lot ahead of you. Um, I'm, uh, you definitely have a lot ahead of ahead of you. I'm curious to know. What have been some of the things uh, that you've, the biggest learnings that you've had in the last few years um, from working on this company 
and going through hype cycles and, and down cycles? Uh, what are what are some of the biggest learnings that you've had? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, uh, maybe I'll give you a few examples, some that are domain specific, some that are just general. I think in, in general, just staying really close to users and talking to them is, is so critical. Um, so many of the things of how the industry adapts or what users want is can easily be gleaned by just staying in touch with your users. And one of the most counterintuitive things I learned about that is actually some of the best advice comes from people who churn from your platform or leave your product, give it a try and then quit. Um, oftentimes those people are some of the most honest. And if you can figure out why they quit or talk to them and follow up when they delete their account, that is the golden wisdom on what you should fix or change to make something that people truly, really, really want. So that, that's been an interesting lesson. And we have a bunch of ways of kind of following up with users when they churn or, or leave our product. Um, in terms of the domain and industry at large, I, I would say like the approach of, um, again, building something people want today, and that's very practical, has served us really well. It's helped us get to profitability and, and um, like have very, very high retention of our product. And um, I, I'm really glad we did that. And I would definitely encourage other folks to, to do that. They're, they're, it's great to be profitable, um, basically, is what I'm trying to say there. Um, I think focusing on growth and distribution is, is really big. My natural inclination as a first-time founder was really, really to overemphasize product and building a really, really good experience for users, which is very important. But even more important than that, um, I've sort of realized over time is distribution, which is that you need people to know about you. And it's better to have something that, like, you know, where, where people know about you and the product is good enough than like the perfect product, but no one knows. Um, so those are some examples of lessons, but I mean, certainly, certainly every day there, there's new things to learn. Those are some awesome learnings. Uh, I like your kind of point on distribution. Uh, so two more questions for you. This one is a relatively new question that I'm starting to ask every guest, uh, but I think it is, uh, it's a good one to ask. So you're a founder of, of, of a quickly growing company you are juggling a, a billion balls at once trying to, to grow this thing um, and you and you have a life outside as well. Um, some founders, sometimes they just need some help. Uh, so I'm curious, what is one thing that I and the rest of the listeners and the forward uh, forward-thinking founder community can do to help you or help your company get to the next level? Or um, is there any ask that you have that, that can um, kind of help make life a little easier for you? Hmm. I think the best thing is, uh, what, you know, we're always looking for good people. So if anyone personally is interested in, in Cointracker or cryptocurrency or knows someone who is, um, we'd, we'd love to meet them. Um, whether it's for hiring for a position or to get their product feedback, that would certainly be really, really useful. And um, we would really value that. All right. There you, there you go. If you're listening and you're interested in working at Cointracker or giving them some feedback, you know where to go. Uh, and my final question for you is, there are a lot of people that are listening that are aspiring founders. They might have an idea or they might know of a problem in the world that they want to solve, but they don't know the best way to, to tackle it and, and, and make the company happen. What advice would you give to these people who want to start a company but don't know the first step? Um, I would say ideas are cheap um, and execution is where the rubber hits the road and, and what matters. So I'd say um, it's hard to tell what idea is going to be good and what's not. And the best way to figuring that out is just by trying it. So if you're on the edge, you're not sure, you're not fully confident, but you think you have something, just go try it. And it, the, the simplest way to try it is boil the idea down to the simplest possible thing and go talk to actual users and see what they think. 
So I, if, if you're thinking about it, just go give it a try. It doesn't have to be a complicated thing. It could be a weekend project. It could be calling 10 people and just interviewing them. Um, and I encourage you to take the first step. All right. And uh, if someone wanted to learn more about Coin Tracker or get in touch with you or just find find you on the internet, where can they where can they find Coin Tracker and where can they find you if they if they want to get in touch? Yeah, we'd love that. Um, you can find our website at www.cointracker.io, and where you can ask, you can you know, reach out to me at on Twitter at cg lodha l o d h a or um, to our corporate account at Cointracker underscore io on Twitter. All right. Well, that's a wrap. I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. I learned a lot about this space that I didn't know beforehand. And I have pretty strong conviction that, that this company, Cointracker, is going to be a very big player in, it, in the space for a long time. So thank you for coming on. Thanks so much, Matt, and really enjoyed being here.